Today, we are having the Stop, Start, Continue conversation. One of my favorites, as I say in the book, and it really is one of my favorites. This is a chance to gather useful information from your teams and employees and even customers and involving them in solving problems and creating solutions. I believe that most of the knowledge needed to transform your organization already exists within the minds of your people and your customers, but you need to get it out of their minds. And as I say, not by using Jedi mind tricks, uh, but by, you got it, having conversations. You saw that one coming. I love that line of, I believe that most of the knowledge needed to transform your organization already exists within the minds of your people and your customers. And that's something that I really live by. I think we all have the knowledge that we need to do what we know we need to do. And so I'm really glad that you brought that out here. And I think that this conversation definitely is a good way of helping people find that knowledge within themselves and asking them for it. And to loop back into the, to the buy-in piece, which I know a lot of these engagement conversations are around, you're going to get even more buy-in, I think, from your team members when they are the ones who've said, let's start this process or let's continue this process or let's stop that process. So getting them to that consistency is going to be a lot more effective when you say, Jen from the Toronto location does it this way. And here's an example of the improvements she's seen. It's much more likely, I think, for team members across the organization to buy into that change. Absolutely. And so the starting point for this conversation is knowing that there are some things you're going to have to stop uh, to add new things to the plate, right? When you're adding new initiatives, you must consider what can be removed um, or what resources need to be added uh, to complete the extra work. I realize that we live in this world of do more with less, and that's a challenge, but it's really a challenge you have to accept and figure out you are going to have to take some things off the table. Adding more to people's roles won't drive change. Most people already feel that they don't have enough time or resources to complete their current day job. So adding new activities and different activities without taking anything off the to-do list just creates more stress for people. Um, they need a chance to recharge after busy times before they can take on something new. So having this conversation with them is key. And you're exactly right about getting people to buy in. Because if they, if you just keep adding more to their plates, they just, they just, you know, they get tired. And frustrated and are less likely to be able to buy in or to have the capacity to think in new and different ways. Yeah, and one of the thing, the reasons I see why leaders don't like to have this conversation is they feel like they're going to open like a Pandora's box of all these ideas that you can't actually execute on. And you're right, people are going to come up with these wild ideas of, of things that may not be able to be done, but at least that's a starting point. It might be like start big, right? And maybe you can pair it back a little to do some of that or part of that and, and still get that win or get the benefit of what it is that they're suggesting. And again, it's going back to find the people in your organization with ideas. So I say, this is the conversation to take to the plant floor, to the field. I have done these conversations literally on the plant floor with flip charts um, so that people don't have to go too far from their workstations uh, to, to be able to contribute. And they know what's going on. I, you know, I've mentioned this plant I worked in before. I used to walk around the floor and they'd pull me aside and say, listen, this needs to be changed or look at this. Like, can you find somebody who can fix this? Like they know exactly what's going on. They know the work that they do that adds value. They know the work that they do that does not add value. And I know you've got an example of the not adding value. 
Yeah, I think one of the one of the best stories that I ever heard about this, and it actually happened at my organization many, many years ago, was there was, um, they were looking at all the reports that were created for the CEO. And so every morning, there was a whole series of reports that were pulled from a variety of different data sources. And one of the, the reports was uh, a weather report in a certain area of Florida. So that had been pulled every day for a number of years. And as they were reviewing this and looking through the report, somebody finally said, why do we do this report every single morning? And they looked at themselves and eventually figured out that I think it was not that CEO, either the previous CEO or the one before then actually had a summer home in that location and they pulled the weather report for him so he could see what it looked like. And so it was just a great example of how people just kept doing what they'd always been doing and never took the time to have this stop, start, continue conversation to say, do we still need all of these reports? Is somebody actually looking at them or are they just taking the time to print them and then it sits on a desk? And so I've, I've carried that example with me for many years and thought about it each time I'm doing any type of report or uh, activity. Um, excellent. And as you said, people are more likely to support change if they've played a part in creating it. So getting their suggestions and acting on them. So that's the key to this conversation to not only have it um, and, not, and not be too worried about what comes out, but also then acting on things. So if you said you're going to stop something and you've all agreed, you actually need to stop it. Um, or if there's something you need to start, you need to figure out how to start it. So really committing to what you've put up on that flip chart if you're doing it or doing it online, having this meeting and agreeing to what you truly are gonna stop, start and continue. As I say, you know, I love a good rhyme. So if the answers are all your own, you'll be leading change alone. So get some input from your folks. And that's a great quote. I was going to bring that one up as well, Jen, because I think that's something that many leaders just need to have posted on their bulletin boards, um, even for their teams to see, to know that, I, that they really are open and interested in feedback. Because you're right, you need to talk to people from all different perspectives in the organization, from all different places to make sure that you're getting a full breadth and depth of the input you need. Agree. And this, you know, this conversation, we talk about it from a buy-in to change standpoint. I was talking with a friend recently who leads an organization and she was talking about the burnout of her staff. And this is another good reason. I said to her, I said, you need to have the stop, start, continue conversation because she's got, um, you know, she works in tourism, which obviously has been hit hard over the last year and a half. Uh, and things are starting to pick up. And so she's getting lots of volumes of calls, lots of lots of bookings, et cetera, through her organization. And she says, I'm gonna lose my staff because they're starting to be too busy. So she needs to stop some things um, because, you know, as she said, like it's all fine and dandy to have this volume creeping up and things getting better and opening up and lots of more people coming. But if she doesn't have the staff to actually make that happen, then she's no better off than she was, right? She might as well have less bookings. So really uh, having the opportunity to have that stop, start, continue, what can her staff get really focused on um, that will keep them from burning out and also delivering on what they need to deliver? And what are the things that they can drop even for a period of time so that they just have enough energy, enough time, et cetera, to, to really deliver on what needs to be delivered? And I wonder too, Jen, I know we're talking about this in the context of change. So 
thinking there's a, a large organizational change coming down the pipe. So let's have a stop, start, continue discussion so that we can understand how we can make space to take on that change. But I, I wonder if, if this is a useful conversation to just have annually or quarterly uh, as the business cycle changes or as the external environment changes. Because, you know, to your point about your friend, it's just there's a lot of external uh, changes in the environment. So it's not perhaps a, a significant change coming through the organization, but just external changes in the environment. So maybe it makes sense to have it on, on a semi-regular basis. And then I guess that also then helps people build that muscle on their own of thinking through how to prioritize their work and determining what should, what should stop. It's a good house cleaning exercise. I think mm. it's sort of like going through your closet every now and then or once a year and taking out the things you don't wear anymore before you add more in, uh, et cetera. And I love your comment about the building that muscle. And it's important for, it's important for people to be making their own decisions within organizations. And I go on about this a lot in terms of you want your people to make decisions that with aligned to the direction you're trying to go and giving them the opportunity to actually make decisions and think about decisions um, is a great muscle building, especially as you're trying to move people up the ranks, right? And get them promoted. Decision-making is a huge um, component of becoming a strong leader and giving them this opportunity to think about what should we continue doing, stop doing, start doing, uh, to think about their business in that way is a really good way to exercise their muscles, as you say. So the conversation is fairly straightforward. Stop, start, continue. You basically ask those three questions. So what will we stop doing in our team? And this can be activities, processes. What tools do we use that we don't want to use anymore? What meetings do we have? That's always a big one. What meetings can we just cut out of this picture altogether? And what communications can we stop? Because maybe there's, like you say, what reporting, right? I get this weather report every every day. Um, we have no connections to Florida, so we don't need the Florida weather report anymore. So simple, make the list, generate the list, get all the ideas up there. And this is, a, this is truly a brainstorming exercise. You want as many ideas up there as possible. And you want to do the same thing then. What will we continue doing in our team? And what will we start doing in our team? And it's just another opportunity. When you have this discussion in a group, people come with different perspectives. So someone will say, we need to stop doing this report. And someone will else say, but wait a second, I'll use that like every week to do this type of analysis. And I'm guessing that those two people don't actually know that about each other, right? Or, or that person who runs the report doesn't know that somebody actually uses it. Um, so it's it's also an enlightening conversation for people to learn about what each other do within that team. Just a question on the structure of the conversation, Jen, and I know you've got questions in here on page 160, which is great. I, I wonder, do you find sometimes is it helpful for people to start with a level set of what are all the things that we're doing? Or is that too much to do first, to just do that brainstorm of what are all the things we're doing, put them all the sticky notes. And then from there, the things that will stop, we can move into a stop pile, the things, do you find that's a useful way to do it? Or, or should you just, you know, sort of dive right into the, what should we stop doing question? I like that. I have done that in the past where sort of getting people to to put up their, their day jobs, if you will. And I, and I think that can work it, and I've seen it work, you know, sometimes people, and it's, it's actually quite interesting because sometimes the things people put up there, you're like, oh, I didn't know they did that. And why are they doing that? Um, or some people are a bit hesitant to 
to kind of put the things up that they do. Uh, but it's not a bad idea. And I love it if you put them all up there, sort of what are the roles? And if you have people who have common roles within that team, um, maybe you get them to work together and go, okay, what are the standard things that you do? You know, where you're going often gets to process mapping, um, business analysis, right? Looking at what do we do as a team kind of end to end in the process of what it is that we deliver. So if you're a learning team, for example, it's the, you know, from design to all the way to delivery and evaluation, what are the steps through? And I've certainly done this with an organization where they've got that whole thing. And you can then look at your process and what do you keep or, or take out of your process. Uh, but some of this is beyond a little bit more of that too, like looking at things like, what are the communications we get? What are the meetings? Like what you might do um, instead of just asking people sort of all the things is put up categories of, under all of these categories, like activities, processes, tools, meetings, communications, what are the things that we do now? And to get people sort of thinking in that mode, and then you can start moving to what do we continue? I love, I, you know, I love sticky exercises. What do I move from the sticky exercises over to the continue box? What do we, what are critical? We don't want to lose those. Um, and then what are things that we need to stop and put them over there? Um, and see sort of where all your activities, meetings, et cetera, shake out when you put them into the columns of stop, start, continue. Love that. Yeah, I like that initial categories concept. The other thing I was thinking as well, just and one thing that we've talked about in other conversations is just trying to find the time for these conversations. So even as I think about potentially doing it with, with my team or, or, or with other team members in the organization is asking them to do 10 to 15 minutes of pre-work. These are the categories, meetings, reports, processes, those types of things. Take 10 minutes and do your own brainstorm and then come into the meeting with them. You may be able to, to jumpstart that process a little bit. And then we can, and then we can from there dive into the meat of the conversation. Absolutely. And for those introverts, on your team, they like to have that time to think about it ahead of time, right? Not always the best on the spot. Um, so giving that pre-work, this is what we're doing, uh, come prepared for this. I've, I've done that with teams before, for sure. Once you've got it all up on a board or up on a screen somewhere, it's really figuring out, okay, so how are we going to prioritize what we're doing or rank things? Um, how are we gonna have ownership and accountability to this? So. So starting to look at, and you can do this in different ways. You can give people, you can do what we call dot democracy and have voting where people get, you know, 10 dots and they pick what are their top priorities to stop, start, or continue. Uh, you can do it that way. You can look at things from an impact perspective. So how easy is it to stop this and what's the level of impact that this might have? So if it's really easy to stop and that's going to have an immediate impact, that might be a really good candidate to just take off the table. Or if it's something that even for, from the start perspective, you know, if we start doing this, it's going to have a high impact, then let's start doing that right away. So you can use different criteria to sort of rank once you've got your stop, start, continue list. The other thing that I like about holding this type of a discussion on a, a periodic basis is it then gives you the opportunity to potentially evaluate some of the decisions that you made at the previous discussion. So at the last discussion, we decided to stop generating this report. So we'll, we'll meet again in four months, have the same conversation and say, look around the table. Okay, has anybody asked you for the report <laughs> is probably a really good, just a really good simple way of saying, all right, well, nobody read it clearly, so we're good. Or, you know, we've continued this. Have you seen some value in that? So 
it'd be, I think the prioritization initially is good, but then definitely needing to go back and revisit and determine if the decisions that we made at the initial stop, start and continue actually worked for us as a team and for the organization. Absolutely. And one of the, the tricky conversations that you might have to have on the stop side is, is telling whoever it is that runs this initiative that you're going to stop is having that conversation with them to say, listen, not that you're not doing a good job or maybe they're not, but uh, it's time we're gonna stop this one for now. We're gonna redeploy you on some other project or it's probably just a piece of what they do anyways. Um, so being willing to have those possibly tricky conversations, or again, that person might be like, thank goodness, I've been doing this project and I've thought it's added no value for ages. So, you know, it's sort of giving people that opportunity to have the conversations that they're, that they are not always willing to have, or they don't want to say out loud. They don't want to say, well, wasn't really adding value anyways. Um, so sometimes it's a relief for people for have to have something stop. Yeah. And I am glad you flagged that because I naturally think that it would be a relief if you said to somebody, you can stop doing this, but I can't understand. And going back to thinking through the things that we lose and change, if there is, and I have had this happen to me before, you know, there's a particular meeting that I lead that is, I started it, I plan it, I do all the organizing, it's, it's sort of an, it is an opportunity for me to, uh, to, to take on a bit of a leadership role within the organization. And we decided to stop the meeting. And it was good. I mean, it meant that I had less work, but also I lost that opportunity to to do something that I really love doing. So I needed to work through my own change management process of the loss that it felt like. So I can, I can see how if we're in this conversation and a whole group of people say, we think that that meeting should be stopped, that the person who leads that or whose initiative it is may take it a bit personally and have a hard time managing through that. So I like that you commented, there may need to be either an in the moment or probably more likely a follow-up conversation with that particular individual and say, look, how do you feel about that? What can we add now in replace of that? Or what, what other additional things do you get to do now? Because, because you no longer have to take on that meeting or initiative or report. It's also the leader stopping things. And I think this is the big one I see is, you know, the leader has started this initiative or has hired this person um, started this project, yet it's not working out. The project isn't showing the benefits it should. The person they hired isn't quite working out. Um, yet we still continue to sort of put resources behind it and no, no, it's going to work, etc. And and it's really that, you know, my, my tagline in the back of the book, right? Embrace change, lead better. If things aren't working, evaluate it and, and make a decision, you know, you know, and because, and this is why really setting the tone for getting being open to all the feedback from your team as the leader to say, it's okay if the team says, hey, leader, this this or this initiative that you've been driving just isn't working. Um, you need to make that as the leader, you need to make that okay for your team to say that. They need to give some reasons, et cetera. It can't just be, I don't like it. Um, but you as a leader need to be open to things that it may have been something that you started and thought was a great idea at the time and made the decision, like you say, to do this. But a few months in or a year in even, being open to reevaluating that and possibly make a decision to either stop it 
or take it in a different direction. Well, and as you structure the conversation, and as I think about, again, having the conversation with others, maybe that's a good way to start. You know, let me go first and say, this is one thing that I think I should stop interested in all of your feedback. Maybe that's a good way to demonstrate to others your willingness to embrace the change and your willingness to let go and, and lose something. And certainly setting the stage that everything's fair game, everything's on the table. If there's something you really feel needs to stop or you really feel passionate about it, continue or something that has to start, like you need that on the table. You need to get everything on the table. Otherwise you have these surface conversations that are all fine and dandy, but then people walk away from that meeting and the grumbling starts, right? Or all the back, you know, conversations behind closed doors start and the rumor mill gets started or the frustration levels start to start, start to mount. So really get it out on the table in that meeting. Set whoever's facilitating that meeting, set the stage that everything, everything's fair game. Let's have the conversation. This is why we're here. You know, and I and I've said, I don't know if I've said it in one of these conversations, I've certainly said it to leaders to say, this may be different. The fact that you're having this conversation may be the start in your organization. Um, and people need to get used to sharing their ideas because they maybe not haven't, haven't been asked before, or they've been asked before they've shared their ideas and they've gotten, you know, their hand slapped or something to that effect. And so it will take some time for people to warm up to this, all of these conversations and get used to having them and used to being able confidently to share their views and opinions um, and, you know, not getting in trouble for it. So, so your first one may not be the best one, but continue to have these conversations and things will get better. That is the stop, start, continue conversation. Get out there and have it.